Coming up, the New York football giants, your New York football giants are in the NFL playoffs. They are the sixth seed in the NFC playoff picture. We break down the big victory against those Indianapolis Colts, what this game means historically in a lot of ways for Big Blue, and how they may approach the week ahead as they close out the season. Yes, sir. It is OGP, the One Giant Podcast, where I am Adam Armbrecht. He is Andrew Makowitz. We dispense with all the pleasantries, Andy, because those New York football giants, your New York football giants, my New York football giants, went out and dominated the Colts today. Everything was on the line, locking up a playoff position, ultimately locking up that sixth seed. They went out and executed in a big way. We're going to break down some of the big numbers that came out of this game for the New York football giants, as we said, the playoff picture and just how that's still not fully crystallized in terms of matchup and what approach Andy and I would take if we were Brian Dable, who, by the way, Andy said, I'm just going to sit back and enjoy this one. Not worried about anything else. Giants lock up a playoff berth for the first time in six years. Adam, he said also he's going to go home, enjoy a nice cigar. He's going to sit back and relax. And you know what? He deserves it. Brian Dayball deserves so much credit for what this team ended up accomplishing. What a win it was. You, you mentioned, Adam, everything you wanted to see from the Giants was on display. You saw the offense do the things they needed to do. You saw the defense create points on their end of it. Everything was going the Giants' way. Man, Adam, what a team win it was, and what a way to clinch a playoff berth for the Giants. Listen, you're talking about, you said, Brian Dable, 50% of the saviors of the New York football giants, right? Him and Joe Shane, they come in. It's the first year. We talked about all season long. There's a lot of symbolic check marks that you could go through if you're this team, if you're this organization. Obviously, we've entered into a whole other stratosphere when it comes to making the playoffs in your first year, potentially maybe winning 10 games this season, whatever that, however that may shake out. We'll get to that in a minute. But you're right. I mean, this game... You know, we talked about it periodically, right, throughout this season. You want to see your team go out in a game where there's an expectation. Indianapolis Colts are a bad football team. They're playing Nick Foles. We talked about it in the lead-up to this one, right? They are playing for nothing. And if anything, they're actually playing to try to increase their draft stock and avoid potentially messing with their offseason plans. So going out, and there was a brief two or three minute period to start this game where I was teetering on the edge of being borderline irate because there was a couple exchanges of punts. But after that, things got rolling. The team got rolling. Really big performances on both sides of the ball. Obviously, um, I'll, I'll put I'll just put this one out of here because we're going to talk about Daniel Jones and how he looked in this one. Um, but the Landon Collins pick six was just kind of like a cherry on top of some of the moves made, some of those, I think, heartstring pulls for Giants fans, bringing back a player like that and then having him make that big play. 38 to 10, Andy. What were some of the big kind of record marks here for the Giants in this victory over the Colts? Yeah, well, you mentioned the Landon Collins thing. When you talk about like the feel-good stories, he comes back. Yeah. Obviously, he says he left. He said he never wanted to leave. He only left because the previous GM – 
did not even offer him a contract, but he went to Washington. He clearly wanted to be back here. He clearly loves being a giant. And to see him come back and contribute was like the feel-good story that that really helped elevate the story of the Giants getting this victory. But but you mentioned some of the historic numbers that we're talking about. Listen, there's been a lot of talk this year about the Giants not getting to 30 points. They hadn't done so all season. Well, guess what? The Giants went out and they put up 38 against this team. You may say, well, it was against the bad team. Doesn't matter. You still need to put up the results. The Giants hadn't scored over 30 points since 2020, October 11th against the Dallas Cowboys. They scored, you know, they haven't scored this many points. 38 points is the most they've scored since 2019, Adam. It's been over three years since we've seen this team put up a performance the way that they did. And that's why it means something yeah. to me in terms of what they did. It wasn't that they just clung on by a field goal and found a way to just manufacture a win against the Colts. There was no doubt after the first series or two that the Giants were steamrolling this team and the momentum was clearly with the Giants to be able to win this. Yeah, I really thought, you know, we, we talked about it leading up to it. You just said it. I don't want to see 23-20, you nail bites through it. And and while it may have been a little bit disingenuous to say, if you narrowly hang on for a victory, I don't even want to see you make the playoffs, right? Just because you'd feel like, what what are the expectations? And we'll, we'll talk about over the next two weeks what it's going to look like leading into a playoff game and what we think the Giants could maybe way, have a big performance, have a dominant performance, and – we're going to talk about Daniel Jones here. And I think just one of the things that I want to highlight around him, we don't have to spend any time on it, but 12 for 58 for Saquon Barkley, 9 for 59 for Matt Breida, Richie James, 7 for 76, I Plunger, 3 for 42. I hit these. ...to matter for this team when it comes to the playoffs, right? Like offensively, you need these guys to be a big part of what you accomplish. So everyone played their role, everyone served it, and then you get Daniel Jones. And when I went back and look at the stats, Andy, we go 177 passing yards, 91 rushing yards. It's right in line with one of those good, great games from him. Excuse me, great games from him. But it wasn't like he threw for 300 over him. He didn't have to. But it was a nice total control. I'll lead this team. I'll use my legs very efficiently. And I'll give you four total touchdowns. Like this is a performance you haven't seen from a Giants quarterback on both you know, running and passing in a long time. And that's, I think, really critical against a bad team like the Colts. It, it was, Adam. And, and let's put some of this in context. You mentioned like the, the passing yards wasn't the highest in the league. He didn't throw for 400 yards. He didn't, he didn't do things crazy. But this is the point of when Daniel Jones is at his best. He is surgical, and he does the things that the offense requires him to do. And, Adam, I'm going to give you a stat, and I don't know how you're going to feel about it, but I I want to get your reaction. Daniel Jones, in this game, had a 96.9 QBR. It was the highest of any quarterback in the entire league so far this season. They basically completed 79% of his passes, He used his legs effectively. He ran for touchdowns. He threw for touchdowns. He didn't make any of those critical mistakes that maybe Daniel Jones from 2019 or 2020 would have made. And that's why this performance is so encouraging for Giant fans is that he did everything and then some that the offense was asking him to do. 
it was it was it was a great performance at a time where the Giants really wanted to see it from Daniel Jones. Can you close out a team you are supposed to beat? Because that is what good playoff teams will do. Oh, of course. Listen uh, again. You can. I think you could sit. You can at some point sit there and say best performances by QBs in a season, and you're always going to think about who they're playing against. That you know, big quarterbacks to step up in big moments, etc. Now, this moment is incredibly big for the New York Football Giants. We all know that it's a really big moment for Daniel Jones to set that benchmark, not just for the league, for himself. It's really important that he's done that. And with we're not going to get far afield here. But the thing that I said all season long coming into it was whatever you thought of Daniel Jones coming into the season. The critical thing that you wanted to see him accomplish this year was steady incremental growth. And by and large, that's exactly what he's done all season long. And that, again, it makes it really easy to say you continue to like what he see. We know the reports came out for me and Rappaport. The Giants would like to retain both him and Saquon Barkley this offseason. We'll talk about that. I think in a lot of ways, it's a good signal to the league to say, don't bother trying to negotiate with them. We're, we're going to keep them, right? And we can get into those a little bit. But I think it makes sense, right, to hear that report come out when you're coming into this year based on what you knew of Daniel Jones. You might have said, oh, that's a little bit of a head scratcher at this point. But these type of games and these type of performances do move the needle in a massive way for me. So it's a great performance from Daniel Jones. We know it was a big performance from the team overall as well, especially the defense. And I'll finish your thoughts, obviously, with Daniel Jones. But I think there are there are is obviously the other component, which is Wink Martindale in that unit and just saying, hey. These guys are weak. We need to go dominate, right? So the, the last thing I will say, so we talked about Daniel Jones having the highest QBR of any quarterback in any single game this season. Great performance by him. As we mentioned, stats don't do justice like how surgical he was with his arms and his legs. But Adam, the, the random thing that I think about after this performance is Daniel Jones has the highest single quarterback rating of any quarterback in a single game this season. And he has the highest QBR of any quarterback in a single game this season. And what that shows you is that being deployed and utilized the right way, Daniel Jones can help this team be a, you know, you, you love when I say it, but he becomes this force multiplier for the team that allows them to win football games. So like we, we have now seen, which I don't think we have going into the season. There was a lot of question marks about Daniel Jones. We now see that like the highest points, can be really good and he can be a starting quarterback of a playoff caliber football team if used the right way. Yeah, I I think it, no, I think it's a really good point to remind everybody about. And again, we understand the the way that our podcast has gone. Uh, We know how the fans react when I say, Hey, I want to continue to see him to grow. But I think that point, like, Hey, there's a, there are a lot of bad teams in the league. You want to know that your really good quarterback can go dominate really bad teams. You just did that, right? And then act, and that matters in a big way. And then to your point, again, just to round it back out, this was a playoff clinching opportunity for the Giants. So, like, even though the Colts are a bad team, the other layer to this from a Daniel Jones franchise quarterback perspective is just, hey, do you wither under the bright lights? There hasn't been a lot of opportunities to prove that in recent years doesn't have anything to do with Daniel Jones. It has everything to do with the team being terrible and not really being in meaningful games that matter. There's developmental games, but there's not a high stakes game. So, hey, here's a great opportunity where guess what? Anything anything less than a top 10 QB rating probably wasn't going to be good enough. The fact that he goes out and gives you the best QB rating of the year, QBR and rating of the year, that does say something. So I think, again, it's a very significant accomplishment for Daniel Jones and then for the team overall, because that's a bit of the needle mover of, hey, 
can this team step up in this big stage? And that's when we look at the defense and kind of helping to close that door on a bad Colts team. Well, when we talk about bad teams in the NFL, sure, there are bad teams. But keep, keep in mind, the Indianapolis Colts played the Los Angeles Chargers last week, and they bottled up Justin Herbert pretty well. Like their defense is still relatively sound. They made it a, a tighter game. You look around the league this week, the San Francisco 49ers just went to overtime with, with yeah. the Las Vegas Raiders playing Jared Stinham as their quarterback in a game that they must win to get to the two seed or even the one seed. You look at you look at the Philadelphia Eagles could wrap up the one seed against that bad Saints team, couldn't handle business. It is not easy to win football games in this league. And even those bad teams can give you some little bit of heartburn. Yeah. The Giants did exactly what they needed to do. They put this game to bed before halftime. That field goal by Graham Gano at the end, when, when we went to halftime, I'm like, oh, it's time to get the party started because you felt like the Giants were just going all the way downhill from there. Like they were, they were running full steam ahead against the Colts. Huge win, big win. So happy for this team. First time in the playoffs, as you mentioned, since 2016. Gotta love it, right? Oh, yeah, 100%. Honestly, we'll talk about the defense a little bit coming out of this one because in the same way, it's like, listen, Purdy's been great for San Francisco. We know it's your second or maybe third string quarterback. And by the way, though, you got the Raiders throwing out their second string or journeyman quarterback as well. It's been that kind of NFL season in a lot of ways. But again, any given Sunday, as the, as the silly phrase goes, we'll get to the We will talk about the defense this week. But I think the, the most important thing here, too, is like the Giants with the win locked up their playoff berth, and then they lock in that sixth seed because you also get this nice little scoop of help when you look at that playoff picture. And it does bring in this question about what are the Giants' intentions going into Week 18 against the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, some fun things happened out there if you're just a fan of the NFL. The good news is you were allowed to be a fan of the NFL because the Giants won. The Commanders lost, and that was a really great thing for the Giants as well. But Seattle goes out and gets a big win. Detroit goes out and gets a big win. The Packers go out and get a big win. So all of those teams that mattered, which by the way, like that's where the bubble, that that's where the bubble ends in the NFC right now. Those three teams, including the seven seed Seattle Seahawks, it's three teams vying for that one more playoff spot as we head towards that final week. And we know Detroit and Green Bay are going to go head to head, but none of that mattered. Because the commanders lost, you secured it. And now what's interesting is that, as you mentioned earlier in the show, Andy, the Eagles didn't take care of business. So now there are things at play here in week 18 for the New York football Giants. And it's the philosophical question. How do the Giants approach the final week? They really don't have anything to play for outside of where might your matchup end up if you win or lose. Do you care about that? Do you try to manipulate that at all if you can and you're the Giants? You know what? We talked about against the Minnesota Vikings, like a win may give you a better position and the Giants ended up losing. It's it's a league, Adam, where you can't bank on any matchup being the right matchup or the wrong matchup. You just decide to go out and do what's best for your team. Generally speaking, it's to go get a win in every game humanly possible. But to your point, the Eagles lost this game. They could have wrapped up the number one seed if they would have beaten the Saints. Instead, they go into this Week 18 matchup with far more to play for than the Giants, which six weeks ago you would have thought was inconceivable. We had mentioned on the podcast, looking at the schedule, putting it out, you're like, oh, Eagles going to have it wrapped up, easy win, Week 18. If the Giants had lost this game against the Colts, they'd have to win basically to get in. 
And they'd be playing an Eagles yeah. team now that has everything to play yeah. for with Jalen Hurts coming back. So the idea of just wrapping it up now, handling your own business, not worried about what other teams are going to rest anyone, has now actually allowed the Giants to be able to make those decisions in Week 18. So for me, I kind of look at it and say, you do what's best for your team. You figure out everything humanly possible to make sure that the Giants are in the best position to beat whoever they are going to play as the number six seed. And here's what's interesting to me, because I, I agree wholeheartedly with you. And it can be, we want the good times to keep rolling. Let's keep going here. Fun little tidbit about this blowout, which I think is poetic in a lot of ways. The Giants got the Colts. The only other time they really got blown out in a big way, even, you know, we know that Detroit, uh, sorry, the Dallas game, they came back, put a little window dressing. But we know they got blown out against Philly, right? With those two ones getting scrubbed out, they basically got themselves almost back to neutral on their point differential for the year, which I think is about right. They played a lot of tight games. It was a lot of close stuff. You lost to a really good team, and you blew out a really bad team. Now, though, to like, you can't try to manipulate it. You mentioned even a team like the Raiders playing a 49ers team as tough as they did, putting up points. Hey, in theory, maybe we can move the ball here. What I'll find fascinating, though, is I think the first guy to me, and we'll talk more about as we get towards the playoffs about what if what if anything this game can mean for how you approach that. But if it's me, the first guy I say is, well, Saquon Barkley, you've had your shoulder issues. You know, we want you to be healthy. We can't risk you. So we're going to sit you down. Brita, Brightwell, you're going to carry the load. Okay. The funny thing is, though, you do that. And then even in this game, Daniel Jones took some big hits, scored those touchdowns, slid on a play and took an elbow. You start to get a little concerned. And I don't think you would first say we're going to sit down Daniel Jones, but you might say, what about an Evan Neal? Maybe even more critically, what about an Andrew Thomas? You can't afford maybe something to happen. And as soon as you start to play with one or two guys, especially offensively, then you then you have to immediately say it might be time to sit down Daniel Jones here. And I think maybe, unlike other teams, and certainly for the Giants this year, I don't think that there's necessarily a risk of hurting continuity or momentum. Now, there is a symbolic piece about the Eagles needing the win and you going in and effing up their postseason plans. That's massive. So do you like? would you rather them screw up the Eagles' number one seed with the risks on the table that'll be there or say I want to make sure that we're 100% healthy, not caring who that was? So my easy answer to that is I don't care who gets the one seed or who gets the two seed. I honestly don't even care who gets the three seed. Would I prefer to play the Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota and get another crack at them with a healthy Xavier McKinney? That would be fantastic. Like give, give me, I, I would probably with, with a Dory Jackson back. Yeah. I like our chances in that game because the Minnesota Vikings feel like they've been living within the margins, almost similar to the giants for quite a bit of this season. You know, for me, I'll be honest with you, and we'll probably talk about this more during the week. I think what you do if you're a, if you're Brian Dayball, Kafka, Joe Shane, the whole team is what you say is, let's play the first half. Let's prepare the entire week as we are going to play the entire game. Let's have some of our starters out there for the first half. Let's try to win either the first quarter or let's try to win the first half. Let's continue to keep our momentum. Let's continue to keep our game planning during the week the same way because if you if you tell daniel jones on tuesday we're going mm -hmm. with tyrod taylor then it kind of messes with like the preparation and the things that you want to do 
I think it's a really tough balance and you sound like a fool if someone gets hurt early in the game, but I think it's more important to keep the consistency and preparation and at least say, let's go out and compete and get ready to win and then bring Tyrod Taylor in as opposed to just saying, we're going to sit 80% of our starters because it just feels like giving guys two weeks off at this moment is probably not the best thing when you're actually playing some really good football right now. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, Andy, as they say, fail to prepare and prepare to fail. So, like, I really like what you bring up there about you still want Daniel Jones and all your starters to prepare during the week like they're going to play. Because even if they don't end up playing the whole game or even if they only see 10 snaps, they still have the same rhythm for going into the in, going into obviously the NFL playoffs. And the other piece to me, too, is it's like it almost feels like a preseason game in that way. I'm not, I'm not you know, saying that eh, who cares about the result, but. If you go out in a preseason game and your starters give you a quarter of quality football, you go ahead and you pull them. You say, great, we saw what we wanted to see, and we can backups take over. I think in a lot of ways, winning, losing, drawing, whatever it may look like, you can make that kind of choice in real time. Hey, great quality first quarter football. It's 7-7. It's 10-7 Giants. Whatever it may be, we feel good about what we saw, and now we can start to bring people out. The only thing I'll want to see is, hey, once you make the decision, make it universal. Don't don't do something where Matt Pert is trying to protect <laughs> Daniel Jones inside of the week 18 game. Obviously, we're going to have a lot of time to talk about all of this. But the most important thing, the true end of the day here, Andy, is that the Giants are the sixth seed in the NFL playoffs. And no matter what, no matter what happens in week 18, that doesn't change. The Giants are going to be in the NFL playoffs. And what's beautiful about it is maybe just maybe you can start to get a sense of how you want to game plan and prepare, regardless of, of opposition. What are we thinking about we want to accomplish? And that makes 18 a little bit of window dressing as you start to turn your wheels on those opponents. Yeah, the last thing I'll say, and, and at the end of the day, when we talk about week, week 18, it also is, is interesting for the Giants because, Adam, they don't know who they're going to play yet. It's not like they could be looking ahead saying, okay, we know we're playing the Vikings or we know we're playing the 49ers or we know we're playing whoever. Let's start game planning for them. You can't because you honestly don't even know who you're playing yet, right? So, like, Continue to have that same focus that you've had week to week, next opponent up, next opponent up. If you want to pull them a little bit early, great. But th to that point, you, you, you can't even rest them and say, go get ready for X team because you don't even know who you're going to play. So for me, you enjoy the win for the next couple of days. You smoke that cigar like Brian Dayball said. You have a good time. You start thinking about what's best for the Giants. And you know what? We haven't been here since 2016. Enjoy the fact that the New York football Giants made the playoffs this season. We'll continue to pump it out, though, wherever you get your podcast needs fulfilled. Get into the conversation over on YouTube. We'll be back in, breaking it down, and starting to talk about what do we want to see in that Eagles game. But there's still a lot of defensive tidbits that we want to cover coming out of the Colts as well, as Andy mentioned, including the return of one Xavier McKinney. So, friends, you know what to do. Follow, like, subscribe, share, all that good stuff. And until next time, as Andy Makowitz, now. More than ever for the playoff New York football Giants would want, need, and nay, demand the people know. As always, let's go Big Blue.